this shirt is at the center of what we're thinking about for the next this Sunday and the next five Sundays. I love my church. It's not just some kind of slogan. It's not just some kind of a campaign. Um, it's the heart of God. Did you know that one of the metaphors that is used in the Bible to describe the church is the term, this term, the metaphor, the bride of Christ. The bride of Christ is a metaphor that God uses to describe the church. When God wants to show how much he loves the church, he describes the church as his bride. Now let me, let me show you what John had to say about this in the book of Revelation. Grab your Bible and turn with me to the book of Revelation, chapter 19. And we're going to look at just a couple of verses. And let me explain what these, are, what these are about going on here. It's a description in John 19 of the union, the bringing together for all of eternity, the union in heaven of the church with Jesus. That this, this heavenly union of the church being eternally brought together, no more sin, no more separation, eternally bought, brought together with Jesus in heaven. And that's what we have here in, in um, Revelation 19. And your heading, where we're going to look today, some of your Bibles will say this. It'll describe it as the marriage of the Lamb or the marriage supper of the Lamb. That's what it says as the heading. Now, remember, man added those titles, but, but that's what we describe this as. And look at these verses, 19, 7, and 8. This is a description of the joining together of of humanity and Christ. It says, let us rejoice and be glad and give glory to him. And to him here is, is Jesus. Capital H. For the marriage of the Lamb, who is the Lamb of God, is who? Jesus, right? For the marriage of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. It was given to her to clothe herself in fine linen Bright and clean, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Now, you get the picture that he's, that he's painting here, this word picture of this marriage, this bringing together of humanity and Jesus. Here's a picture of the church being united, and, the, and he's talking about the church. He's saying, they're the saints. That's what he's talking about, the saints, the church. And he describes the church, not only does he call it a bride, but he describes her like a bride, in that he says, you're wearing fine linen. You know, so in other words, kind of the idea of a, of a wedding dress, pure and white. And this is in a picture. There, Jesus being at a wedding feast with the church. Jesus and his church being united in heaven. And when a picture is drawn and, and the Spirit inspired that, it's no accident that God describes this as a wedding and that the church is described in the scene as the bride. Because he is trying to do something. He is revealing to us His incredible love. The incredible love that God has for his church. Have you ever realized this about the church? Have you ever thought about this in relationship to you and your part of the church? That Jesus looks at you. He looks at us as his bride. And you know what? He doesn't see you as a screw up. He doesn't see you having problems. He doesn't see you as limited. He doesn't see you as ugly. He doesn't see you as a failure. He sees the church, of which all followers are part of, as his beautiful, valuable, dressed-in-white bride. He's describing something here. God delights in his church. 
He delights in those who make up his church. That's why we can say that we are ones in whom Christ dwells and delights. That's a phrase we use a lot around here. I am one in whom Christ dwells and delights. You know what? This might be hard for some of you. Do something. Look at the person next to you and say this. God delights in me. Say that. You know what? A lot of times we'll have no problem saying this. God delights in you. Oftentimes we have no problem going, hey, God delights in you. But we have a hard time at times saying, God delights in me. Now, guys, I understand something here. You might think this sounds a bit feminine, this description that, that the Lord uses for his church. You being a bride dressed in white. Now, I personally would rather, I think it'd be kind of comical to see uh, some of you dressed in your wife's wedding dresses. You know, you might think this sounds a little, a little feminine, but that's not the intention at all here. The intention of this metaphor is to reveal to all of us God's great love for his church. His church, male and female, black and white, young and old, Republican and Democrat, God loves his church. In fact, Jesus himself said that he would build his church and that the gates of hell, which is a description of strength. In other words, saying this, the strength of hell or all the fury of hell will not overcome it. That's what he says in, in Matthew sixteen eighteen, that Jesus would build his church. And that the gates or the strength or the fury of hell will not be able to be able to overcome the church. You see, friends, the church is God's idea. It's his creation. He started the church and he's the one building the church. And it's not an invention of man. Man didn't come up with the idea for the church. It is and always has been and always will be God's idea. And all the church is and all that it does is God's avenue for us to be in union with him and for him to accomplish his purposes through the world. You see, the church is God's idea. But I think we need to understand what it means when I say the church is God's idea. So let me explain something. Two descriptions of the church, and they're both God's idea. The first description is this. We'll call it this. The big C church is God's idea. That's actually a way in theology they refer to the descriptions of the church. They call it the Big C Church, meaning the capital C Church, meaning the church universal. It's God's activity throughout the entire world, through all the people who have come to know Him as Savior and Lord throughout all the ages. That's the Big C Church. That's God's idea. God, that's his plan. These, all these people who have come to know him through all the ages, that's the church. That's the big C church. But you need to understand something else. Also, God's idea is what we call the little C church. The little C church is also just as much God's idea. Meaning this, the individual expressions of the church universal in specific places at specific times. That's the little c church. That, 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 that individual expression of the church universal at a specific place, at a specific time. So, Portview Church is God's idea. Portview Church, the little c church, the individual expression of the big c church, 
the church universal is God's idea. And not only is Portview Church as an organization God's idea, you being part of the Little C Church, you being part of Portview Church is his idea. For a church only exists as a gathering of people. The church isn't buildings. The church isn't denominations. The church is flesh and blood people. And friends, in this current tide in our culture, you need to understand that that is God's plan. That this is his church and it's his bride and he loves it. Don't believe the current nonsense that I'm hearing often um, and this idea that the church really isn't important anymore today. The church, friends, is the object of God's affection. He calls it his bride. And he intends for all of his children, not some, his intention is for all of his children to be vitally part of his church. Both Big C Church, Church Universal, and Little C Church, the expression of that in a local place at a specific time. Now, knowing that the church is God's idea, it's his way of being in union with mankind and his avenue for accomplishing his purposes in the world, Listen to me then, if that's true, and I believe scripture says it is, then this elevates the church above all other organizations and institutions on the planet. And we need to hear that today. This elevates the church, the bride, above all other organizations and institutions on the planet today. Understand this. God never called your business his bride. Never once did he call your business. It may be important, but he didn't call it his bride. He never called the college that you graduated from his bride. He never called your bank his bride. He never called a political government a party his bride. He Listen to this. He never called your children's school his bride. Never. He never called your children's school's sport activity his bride. He calls the church, and only the church, his bride. God loves his church. This position of the church in God's mind elevates the church above everything, all other organizations and institutions in the world. And I believe God wants us to understand that as truth, because that's the truth of his word. And it is his desire that we would love his church also. We would, why? Because we love what he loves. And even in a more specific than that, just loving the idea of the church, because some people say, I love the idea of the church, or I love the universal church. I've heard that a hundred times over the years. Oh, I love the church, meaning the big C church universal. It's God's desire that we would love the small C church. That we would love, as part people here, we would love this church. We love Portview. And it would have that place of, of preeminence that it's intended by God to have in our lives. We would love the local expression of the universal church because it's his idea. He loves Portview and we follow his lead and love what he loves. So we love Portview also. But that brings us to a question. What does it really mean to love 
the church. What does it mean to love the church? You know, first, it means to love what the church, I believe this is what the church is intended to be. You know, I don't think God wants us to love dysfunction or to love hurt or to love pain that may have come from a church situation that's not functioning as God intends. I'm not saying God's saying we should embrace negative stuff that has come from within the church, but it's not really what God ever intended for the church to be. But let's remember when we say that, that God intends for his church to be made up of people, and people are not perfect. So the function of the church will never be perfect, yet we can still love what God intends for the church to be. So God wants us to love what he intends for the church to be, and he gives us a great description of, of what that looks like. Um, what it looks like for a church to be at its core. Over the next number of weeks, we're going to look at what he talks about the church accomplishing. But when he talks about the church being at its core, he gives a great description of that to his disciples one day in the Gospel of John. John chapter 13, I think we have a slide for this. John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35 is talking about really what the core of the church is supposed to be. Jesus says this to his disciples just before he is going to ascend. He says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Friends, to love his church is to love the people who make up his church. In fact, Jesus says here that this is the primary way that outsiders will know that we are genuine followers of him, not by what we say, but how we express love towards one another. But i got to admit, I'm not sure we really get what it is to love one another and thereby how we love the church. So I want to do my best to try to explain this today by telling you two stories. Story number one. A while back, Suzanne and I, I think it was a Friday night, had heard that there was a restaurant downtown Fort Washington, John's Pizzeria. Now, we knew about John's Pizzeria because when we lived in Grafton, there was a John's Pizzeria. But we found out that they had a branch downtown Port. Well, John's makes good pizza. Matter of fact, somebody's coming to our house one time, and the only place they'd pick up pizza was at John's. That's how we found out that John's was down there. John's makes really good pizza. So... We, one night, went to John's, and we ordered the only pizza you would ever really order at a, at a restaurant, cheese and sausage and black olives and onions, because nothing else belongs in your pizza. Nobody should put pepperoni on a pizza, unless you don't want to sleep. Oh, you know what? You are right. It may have had mushrooms on it, but I think it had cheese and sausage and black olives and onions. may have had mushrooms on it. That would be good, too. And I've got to admit, it was really, yeah, I'm hoping, is it working? I really admit, it was really good. And while we were there, the waitress was serving us, and she was a young girl. And we started talking to her like I talked to everybody. And we somehow found out her last name. And her last name was the same as Suzanne's maiden name. And we sat and talked forever trying to figure out if they're related. And we didn't really conclude. We actually went back and talked to her. We're still trying to figure out if they're related. She's a Harmon. And so we're trying to figure out is, you know, is, are they related or not? And while we ate this cheese and sausage 
and and onion and black olives and maybe mushroom pizza. I remember saying, man, I love John's pizza. I really did. Saying, I love, I love this pizza. That's story number one. Let me tell you story number two. A few Sundays ago, after church, our family was all at our house, meaning Suzanne and I, our boys, and their girls. So that's what our family looks like now. And we're all at our house. And at one point, I was sitting on the couch, which is what you should do on a Sunday afternoon. And Suzanne and Sam and Miranda were in the kitchen doing something, making something, baking or whatever, and they were all laughing. And Josh and Brett were sitting on the couch right over here, and they were talking about something, and they were laughing. And I was just sitting there watching. I was just sitting there and I was looking around. And I was watching them interact with each other, and I was listening to them laughing. And I also I noticed I was just, I was smiling. I didn't really realize it, but I also I thought I realized I was smiling, and I literally said to myself quietly, I love my family. I'm like, this is good. And I was just struck by how incredibly blessed I am to have that going on in my house right then. Now, when I say or you say or we say I love my church or I love the people of my church, does God mean that we should love like my experience at the restaurant? Or does he want me and you to love the church like I love my family? You see, with the restaurant, I was experiencing something that was really good given to me. The place was offering me something. I got good food and good service. And because it was all good, I could give a positive review and recommend it to anybody else. Matter of fact, I just recommended it to hundreds of other people. So when you go there, say, our pastor said you have good pizza. But if I would have had the opposite experience, they would have burned the pizza, right? Or they would have put pepperoni on it when I said, I want sausage. If I would have had bad food and bad service, or the waitress would have, you know, been rude, I probably wouldn't return and I would avoid telling anybody else to go there. But it's not the same with my family. With my family, I was experiencing something as a result of really important relationships. My family and I were, were, were connected. My love for them isn't based on what I'm receiving or experiencing, um, but is based on who they are and what's involved in our relationship together that's been formed for years and years and years. Our journey together has and will include some difficult experiences. My boys like pepperoni on their pizza. I don't know how that's possible. But we work through those differences because of the relationship I love my family. Now listen, the church was never meant to be like a restaurant. It is meant to be based on relationships. You know, this begins first and foremost in our relationship with Jesus, which is the single thing that binds us all together. And then we connect together through the avenue of the church to one another. Yet what I see in our culture as a whole 
and what I see people at times in and out, is that many people treat the church, the church that Jesus created, that Jesus is building, like a restaurant. If the experience is good, they stay, and they recommend it to others. If the experience isn't so good, they just find somewhere else to go and eat somebody else's pizza. They're just consumers coming in and out. And this is so unfortunate because that view has nothing to do with relationship and has everything to do with selfishness and it will never lead to the joy that God intends for you to have being part of a church. The joy I had looking at my family on the Sunday, I was smiling, I didn't even know it. I didn't have anywhere near the same level of joy eating the pizza. Saying I love my pizza, nothing compared to saying, I love my family. It's all about relationship. And in a very selfish, driven culture, people are missing the joy of community that God intends because they view not only everything else, but even the church like a restaurant. This thing that God says is his bride. And it's and it's 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 heartbreaking because it's so limiting to what people can experience, the joy that they can experience, the plan that God has laid out for people. See, Portview, we're really fortunate. We have a great church with great people and great things going on and lots of people being part of what we call Portview Church. But let's never settle for a restaurant view of Portview. Because because the food and the service are good, we attend. If there's something better offered somewhere else, we visit over there. Let's go deeper than that so we can experience what God intends for us to experience. True joy, true goodness, true relationships. Let's go deeper. Let's be in loving community with one another to experience God's goodness, and then, here's where the joy comes in, accomplishing together God's purposes through us. Let's really love our church, God's church, His bride, but not by not only just having relationships, by joining together then and engaging with God and one another to accomplish His purposes together. And friends, that's what this series is going to be all about. Looking at God's purposes for the church the church that he loves, and helping that is a help to each one of us. We're gonna, in, in a play, we can find out how we're going to engage in those things with one another so that we can experience seeing those purposes accomplished and then together propel God's purposes forward. So for the next five weeks, we're going to see how we can love our church by fulfilling God's purposes, love our church because it's a place of worshiping God with our lives, serving passionate with the love of Jesus, connecting authentically with people in God's family, growing in Christ-likeness, and reaching seekers. And those can be our five next messages, the five God-given, biblically-inspired purposes of God's church. We've created a, a, a graphic that I want to look at right now that's going to help us see this as a big picture. This is what we're going to be talking about for the next five weeks. The, notice, first of all, it's a heart. It's a heart because the heart is communicating that we're people who care. 
And that's what we know at Portview. At Portview Church, we are people who care. We know that that's been our value to, to, to work for years to say we want to express love in tangible ways and the best word to use that is we're caring people. It's love in action. So we're a heart. And it starts so that our heart is the, is the heart of love. But I want you to notice something else about this graphic. It takes all five pieces for the heart to be complete. Matter of fact, if you think of your heart, which one of the five parts of your heart do you want to take out today? Yeah, which valve? I don't know any heart parts. Give me a heart part. <laughs> the mitral valve. Did I hear that right? One of them is the mitral valve. What, do you want to go without a mitral valve in your heart? I don't think so. For the church to be what it's supposed to be, the place that we love, we love by being part of it and we love by working, we prove our love by working together to accomplish its, its purposes, it takes all five parts working together. These aren't parts that we created. These are things that Scripture says the church is to accomplish. It takes all five pieces for the heart to be complete, to be a place that, for, that so it becomes what Jesus intends for it to be. So over the next number of weeks, I encourage you, plan on being here so God can ignite a greater flame in your heart for his church. That's his plan. Matter of fact, you can get one of these shirts. They're at the Connection Center, almost free, much less than they cost, five bucks a piece. Here's in the next five weeks that you do this. If you want, buy a shirt and wear it in the community. And when somebody says to you, your shirt says, I love my church, explain to them why you love your church and invite them to come with you. Matter of fact, I was thinking something um, about some of you young guys. You guys all work out the Y together. You should all get, I love, they're starting, got a whole bunch of these young guys who like to prove how strong they are, lifting weights at the Y. Um, their wives didn't tell them to untuck their shirts. Um, so, um, I asked. Um, how cool would it be if you're all wearing, I love my shirt, I love my church shirts at the Y, People go, what in the world is it? Look at these guys wearing red shirts that say, I love my church. No, it's just a thought. But over the next number of weeks, get a shirt, wear it around, tell somebody why you love Portview Church and invite them to come with you. Wouldn't you believe that's God's plan for his church? That he loves us? He says we're his bride. This institution called the church is the most important thing you're part of in the whole world. That's just the way God sees it. Because this is the place, this is God's avenue for spreading his message, helping people to grow in their faith, and then reaching more people for eternity. There's nothing else more important than this. That makes sense? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, help us in these next number of weeks to see the church the way you do. Matter of fact, Lord, even today in some of these, the, my feeble attempt at communicating your, your feelings for your church, would you take some of that, whatever was of you and not of me, and just birth it into our, into our souls so that we begin to have this love for your church that is extraordinary. Help us to see the church as your bride, as the most important organization on the planet. 
Help us to understand that the church is the, is the vehicle that you created to relate to mankind and to accomplish your purposes in the world. God, give us a great love for the church as a whole so that we have great love for other believers outside of Portview that are, that are Christians. And Lord, make our love for this unique expression of the church to just blossom within us. That we would really step back and say how amazing it is to be part of the church. So Father, over these days, I pray that God, we would just fall in love all over again with you and your church. Thank you, Jesus.